Why buy a comic that might cost more than a ton? Come meet the brothers who are here to waste your time. Welcome back to another episode of Dime Comic Bros Network. We are your hosts, Jacob and Spencer. Say hello, Spencer. But if I don't want to. It's close enough for me. I have had cancer of the throat for like two months now. It's been very bad. I'm not sure what the hell is going on. Interesting. Been having real bad random coughs, dry lungs. Oh, so not actual cancer of the throat. May as well be, man. Makes me feel like doo-doo. So starting off with the news. Hold on, I'm trying to pull it up. I edited it, but I can't find it. All right, I got it. Uh, nope. Exclusive from therap.com, House of the Dragon actress Millie Alcock is in talks to play Supergirl in the film from writer-director James Gunn. Um, production gets underway in March. The actress will then lead her own DC Studios movie called Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. According to DC heads James Gunn and Peter Safran, the Supergirl movie will be based on Tom King and Bilquis Evely's comic book of the same name released in July of last year. Um, this has been like 100% confirmed now. They have, have photos and stuff. Um, I think there's a wicked good pick, actually. Um, one, I actually like House of the Dragon, <laughs> unlike Game of Thrones. Interesting. Um... She's really, really good, but also, <clears throat> someone pointed this out. Uh, if you were going to take a very weird approach to looking at things, like like uh, the DCEU Superman was kind of more like Kara, but in pants, and Supergirl in the CW shows was more like Superman in a skirt. Like, their personality differences were very swapped. Hmm. And it's just very interesting. I don't know. I really like this character. I've only recently been pretty familiar, but, like, she's mad and stuff. She's Superman, but also kind of angry. It's, I don't know. It's more fun. Wow. She's cool. And she's she's pretty. From IGN.com, the Deadpool co-creator Rob Liefeld is retiring from the character after 33 years. Rob Liefeld, the co-creator of Marvel Comics' Deadpool, announced, uh, announced he is retiring from the character on his official Twitter account. It's official, yep, after 33 years of not only introducing Deadpool, but chronicling many of his most popular adventures, it's time for the Deadpool daddy to say farewell, Liefeld wrote. In case you're wondering why now, that's easy, I'll be 57 at the end of this, and my eyes are still functioning the work continues to be strong. I want to go out with the best effort I can muster. The hand-eye coordination uh, won't be there forever, Liefeld said. So this came along with the announcement that he's going out on uh, a comic run that they're releasing. Yes. Um, I think it's probably good, but also because Rob Liefeld's kind of an ass, the statement even reads like he's an ass. He's a He's kind of a pompous dickhead, so... He's written a lot of good stuff, but he's very, um, I don't know, calling yourself the Deadpool daddy is a little, little much, you know? Just kind of meh. 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 He posts cringe. Yep. Write some good stuff sometimes, though. Um, from comicbook.com, Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, released a trailer for the first season airing on Paramount over the summer, and it looks fucking amazing. It- it's, it's not the same style as the movie. It is mostly 2D. But it's in the style of the movie, but as 2D. 
It's, it's incredible. It looks a lot like the movie, but it's not the movie. It also looks a lot like um, uh, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, with the most recent animated show as well. It's got a little bit hmm. like that kind of pizzazz in there. Interesting. It looks really good, and the whole voice cast is returning. I This is just a bizarre setting. They're turtles going to high school. This is this is actually unknown territory, so this could go a billion different ways. Yeah. We've never had this before. Wow. So I'm, actually, I, I'm probably going to follow this as it comes out. From Marvel.com, Jonathan Hickman and Sanford Green reveal the final fate of Dr. Doom. This May, legendary creators Jonathan Hickman and Sanford Green send Victor Von Doom on his final journey in Doom Number 1. This breathtaking one-shot from two of the industry's most mind-bending talents will showcase a universe-shattering battle between Doom and Galactus. A timeless testament to Doom's unmatched hubris, determination, and self-preservation, Doom Number 1 will encapsulate... Don't do that! I'll fix it in post... Uh, a timeless testament to Doom's unmatched hubris, determination, and self-preservation, Doom Number 1 will encapsulate everything that makes Doom one of pop culture's greatest villains in one standalone saga. Per- perfect for all fans. Jonathan Hickman's writing, I'm buying it. It's on sale May 15th. I'm buying it. Wow. The art looks cool. And it's a one-shot, so you might as well. That too. Probably gonna be a big, chunky boy. Yep. From Marvel.com, The Punisher targets Nick Fury in Garth Ennis and Jason Burroughs' Get Fury. This May, legendary storyteller Garth Ennis returns to Marvel Comics in Get Fury, a new five-issue limited series starring two characters he helped define for the modern age, Nick Fury and Frank Castle. Joining Ennis will be frequent collaborator and superstar artist Jason Burroughs, along with acclaimed artist Dave Johnson for the series' covers. This trio of talent pit two com- two of comics' most formidable soldiers against each other in a bold and pulse-pounding saga set during the Vietnam War. In addition to a to a return of Ennis, the retro series also marks an exciting comeback for Nick Fury and Frank Castle, two iconic characters who have passed on their mantles in present-day continuity. I mean, Frank Castle, not Frank, Nick, Nick Fury just had a kid, but sure. Um, the max-rated saga kicks off when Frank is assigned what mo- might be the most dangerous mission of his career, to assassinate Nick Fury. It's 1971. There's a war raging in Vietnam, and Nick Fury has been captured by the Viet Cong. At this moment, they don't quite understand what... They don't quite understand that they have in their possession a man who knows enough secrets to damage the U.S. beyond comprehension. The CIA, however, does realize this, and they can't risk their enemy getting those secrets, so they dispatch the most deadly man in the U.S. Army, Lieutenant Frank Castle. On writing these characters again, Ennis shared, There's a nice sense of things coming full circle with Get Fury. The editor is my good friend Nick Lowe, who handled Bourne back at the beginning some 20-plus years ago, and just like that story, this one sees Frank Castle as a U.S. Marine in Vietnam. In fact, it goes some way to explaining how he ended up at Firebase Valley Forge in the first place. On sale, May 1st. Ooga! Garth Ennis Punisher. I rest my case. Okay. Uh, it's cool that he's tying it back into the beginning of what he s- started the max run with, of like how Frank got to whatever camp that was. So yeah, that'll be kind of cool. It's nice to make connections, but without it being like 
we're bringing back old talent to do the new stuff because right. we can't find anybody to make it <laughs> like good. It's like right. which is kind of wrapping up some old loose ends. They've been doing a lot of Spider-Man books set in the '90s recently, kind of doing the same thing as well. Yeah, um, and a lot of those have been pretty cool. So that's nice. Excellent. From AIPTComics.com. Terrifying yet thrilling Helverine coming yeah, coming May twenty twenty four. Benjamin Percy isn't done with Wolverine by any stretch stretch of the imagination, as it was revealed sometime this week. He's writing a new four issue series called Helverine, with art. Ah, by Julius Ota, the series launches May 29th, spinning out of Ghost Rider slash Wolverine colon Weapons of Vengeance. Which I talked about a couple of months ago on this show, if you remember. What? If you remember. Percy told Bloody Disgusting, when the Helverine appeared in the Ghost Rider slash Wolverine crossover, Weapons of Vengeance, we lit a fire. A hellfire. <laughs> Readers really responded to the killer concept of Logan with a flaming skull and flaming claws on a flaming motorcycle, which is as heavy metal as it gets. So we're giving them more sulfur-scented mayhem in this miniseries that will thrill and terrify. When a demonic force known as Bagra Ghoul first came to Earth, it brought Logan and Ghost Rider together to hunt it before it possessed Wolverine. But now, in the present day, what, what event will put the Wolverine back on the streets? And is he slashing his hellfire claws for good or evil? But will there be chains? It looks cool. It does. The crossover was fine. The art was great. Like, the concept is really cool. I liked the the lore that they were working on, so it's cool that they're actually following up on that, because that was what was uh, lacking in the crossover, was a bit of the substance part. There was definitely some neat ideas floating around, but they didn't kind of flesh them out very much. That's cool. And also... It's it's cool because he's on fire, yeah. and it's written by the guy who's been writing Wolverine for a while now. Right. So, yes, and Percy's pretty good as far as you've reported. Yep, most of the time. Yeah. From ScreenRant.com, cartoon icon Space Ghost returns as a serious hero in a new Dynamite series. This one gave me a big chuckle, and I had to include it. Dynamite Comics has revealed that following its successful revival of the Thundercats, the publisher would be bringing back the 1960s spacefaring hero Space Ghost. This May, Dynamite Comics will release Space Ghost number one by David David Propose and Jonathan Lau for an exciting new series. Greed and corruption flourish in the darkness between stars. The Galactic Federation's territories are spread across the cosmos far and wide in the vastness of space. At the scale of the cosmic landscapes... Pirates, hijackers, and other nefarious actors are able to slip stealthily through the pitch black, ransacking distant colonies with cruel disregard for the innocent scientists that inhabit them. They've often been able to get away, get away with this with impunity, yet a powerful force is set to put a stop to this, a cosmic vigilante who meets out justice through, bleh, throughout the known galaxy, bringing vengeance to those who prey upon the defenseless. Evil cannot hide from the gaze of the space ghost. Uh, releases sometime in May. This is going to be so fucking cool. <laughs> I love that cartoon so fucking much. I've never seen it. What? I don't know how. I just haven't. It's incredibly goofy, but like it was really, it was pretty ahead of the time, and the animation holds up really well. This I'll, feels he, like what if Scooby Doo came back in a dark and gritty remake? A little bit, a little bit. But also, I do want that. So like, <laughs> you know, 
Also, the cover looks really fucking cool. Mm. I love his design. Like, it's, it was, uh, because it was, uh, I believe it was a Hanna-Barbera production, if I remember correctly. Um, very, like, kind of basic character design, but, yeah. like, he has really good, like, color blocking. It just, it, it's cool. He it looks cool. He looked cool. And now I get to see him in a comic where there might be blood and boobies and stuff. From AIPTComics.com, Juni Baz, The Boy Wonder, uh, DC Black Label series announced. DC Comics has announced a new DC Black Label book starting May 7th called The Boy Wonder, written and drawn by Juni Ba, with colors by Chris O'Halloran and letters by Aditya Birkar. The series synthesizes the character's complex history into an accessible and heart-rending fairy tale. It's a five-issue series. The young prince, Damian Wayne, was raised to be the heir uh, to the fearsome League of Assassins, to follow in the footsteps of his deadly mother, Talia, and the demon's head himself, his grandfather, Rachel Ghul. Ah, you almost fucked up. But everything changed when his father, the Batman, reclaimed him and brought him back to Gotham City. Why is back capitalized? That's bad. As Robin, young Damien suddenly discovered he was merely one of several princes preceding in the role by his brothers, Nightwing, Red Hood, and Red Robin, and Damien doesn't care to be merely anything. But when his father is forced to leave the city on urgent business and a rash of abductions is accompanied by whispers of a demon stalking Gotham's dark alleys, Damien will find himself battling alongside his adoptive brothers and in the process learning what the mantle of Robin really means. The Boy Wonder number one arrives in participating comic book shops Tuesday, May 7th, and is available to pre-order Friday, February the 16th. This looks cool. Ah, yeah. It looks cartoony on the inside, and the covers are hot, too. Yes. I immediately sent this to Colin. I was like, you might want to follow this, and he was like, it looked good. True. Um, I actually think it's a really good idea to do this. Like, not as a... Um... Damien's contentious still, which is dumb, because the past, like, ten years of him in comics has been great. It's a lot of people with really outdated opinions on him who read him one time in 2011. But, like, this is potentially a really good way to kind of get people up to speed. Like, put him through all the bullshit he's done, he's taken the past ten years to do, and do it in a more, con like, condensed time frame, and from his perspective, because that's part of the difficulty i guess is he's an annoying brat because he's not the pov character 99 percent of the time he's just a shithead who does stuff so we don't get right. as much of his internal thoughts and whatever but this following him and also not having batman around that much so having to like directly contrast him with the other robins i think is is cool and yeah art pretty if i'm gonna get more batman fucking black label books this is much more of what i would like yep from forbes.com Best-selling writer James Tynion IV announces new production studio Tiny Onion. Why you do this to me? Because as I was editing, I realized I didn't want to read the next one, so I gave it to you. I think it was the next one. Might have been the one after. I don't know. Uh, big picture, this is my attempt to bring the idea of an independent film production studio into the comics publishing space, Tynion explained in an exclusive interview last week. He said Tiny Onion, a play on a frequent mispronunciation of his name. <laughs> yeah. 
An outgrowth of the brand he originally developed on Substack will serve as a resource for creators and publishers to streamline the logistics of blah, 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 blah. Eventually, he hopes it can be a springboard for a new creator-owned IP to spread beyond comics into film, gaming, and even animation. As part of that effort, UTA, which represents James Tiny in the fourth and Lyrical Media, will now represent Tiny Onion in Media Rights where it will help the production company grow its producing profile across film and television. One of Tynion's projects, the Department of Truth, is currently under development at the entertainment group SISTER, all caps, uh, with Tynion attached as executive producer. Ah! <laughs> this is... Making your own production studio is the new unionizing. It kind of is. <laughs> you, it, it's, it, it is. This is great. This is so cool. Um, one, because it's just, it's just cool. Um, he deserves it. My boy, my boy, my favorite boy. But also, like, he puts out so much fucking shit. Like, he and needs his own publishing house. It's all good stuff. It's all, yeah, like, it's good, and it makes sense that he'd want to branch out. I don't know. It's cool. It, obviously, it does pipeline stuff into being adapted and whatever, and that's lame, but it makes money, so that you kind of have to do it. But, like, I like, I like this. It make him be the big, the biggest board. He's the biggest bird on the block. I remember when he made the substack and I followed it and I was like, ooh, ooh, please give me news. Tiny onion father. This is just... Do you think someone will be hired to make conspiracy TikToks, but they're actually commercials for the Department of Truth? That would be fucking awesome. I would actually do that job. It's on record now. <laughs> we'll just do it for free. <laughs> Fuck it. That's what we're going to spend like next year doing. <laughs> From thepopverse.com, Marvel's Hulk writer Philip Kennedy Johnson takes on the monster in us all with new crime thriller Crocodile Black. Crocodile Black is a story about dark reinvention, Johnson explained in a statement from the publisher. It's about hidden trauma, unchecked obsession, the power that masks give us, and a dead man's black crocodile skin boots. It's about a COVID-era kid with no prospects finding something he never knew he wanted and using it to become someone he never knew he wanted to be a dangerous man. The series was born of the way society responded to the COVID-19 pandemic, the writer explained. I, I was fascinated with how many people left behind jobs they hated or college programs because they never that, that they were never interested in and pursued paths they'd been afraid to before. It's a story I hope will leave readers asking themselves, given the opportunity, could I be capable of great things too or terrible things? On sale, May 8th. I like Philip Kennedy Johnson, and I think the idea is cool. Also, okay. boots. Feet! See? There you go. There you go. Be happy about it. Obligatory feet joke. Yep. From Marble.com. Marvel Studios announces Fantastic Forecast. Fucking finally! They've been edging this one for like two years straight now. Yeah, and it's going to be another three years before we see it. Shut up! <laughs> Let me be happy! <laughs> The highly anticipated cast of Marvel Studios' Fantastic Four has arrived, revealing the the group in a card overflowing with hearts. Pedro Pascal is the brilliant and elastic Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. Vanessa Kirby is the powerful Susan Storm, the Invisible Woman. Eben Moss Backrock is the clobbering Ben Grimm, the Thing. And Joseph Quinn is the charismatic hothead Johnny Storm, the Human Torch. Marvel's first family arrives in theaters on July 25th, 2025, and the way that they announced it was really cute because it's like a little postcard and also it gives a bunch of other information like it's clearly a period piece and their costumes look amazing and they look like sweaters they look like astronaut sweaters and also herbie's in there i was gonna say herbie robot so fucking excited for this i'm still not 100 percent on the pedro pascal 
train. Vanessa Kirby is perfect. Um, I've been on the Evan Moss Barak for like back. I fucking I can never pronounce his name right. Train for like ages now. Also, Jewish Ben Grimm. Jewish Ben Grimm. Maybe they'll actually do something with it instead of just forgetting him that that's a thing. Like re. He's good. He's got the vibe. If you've watched the bear, it's literally the same character. <laughs> like he's he's like your cousin. You know, literally. Like he's just he's the guy from down, downtown. You know. My cousin. Or your cousin. You're my cousin. Aww. Nah, it's just... So he's, he's literally you? Yes. Okay. Nah, he's just one of the one of the boys. He's not that bright, but he's not stupid. No fucking crack some skulls. And it looks cool. The designs look really cool. Um, uh, Joseph Quinn is from Stranger Things, and he was one of the very popular fan casts. He was fine in season four, I believe. So, cool. I'm curious if they're going to let Pedro keep the mustache because the art has the mustache. Hmm. And I think that's interesting. The fact that it's a period piece is definitely the most interesting thing to me. I was really betting on that because it's being directed by uh, Matt Shackman, the guy who directed uh, WandaVision. Uh-huh. And the promote, like they changed the Marvel logo in the like cast announcement thing and Ben is reading a newspaper from I think 1963. So like... Lost in space. Let's fucking go. Um, has Mr. Fantastic never had a mustache? Not that I can remember. I don't really care. It's just like, it's just different. Mm. They grade up the, the sides. You know, you got the streaks. But yeah, like, yeah. kind of expected them to shave them or just make them do the full beard. Because usually Reed has one of the other, not right. just a mustache from right. what I'm aware of anyways. But, mm. oof. Do you think you'll have the big swoopy Sherlock Holmes pipe? No. Although that so would be there. funny. Uh, I was at work the other day, and there was somebody leaving work, and they had the big swoopy Sherlock Holmes pipe going in their car. That's I was like, whoa. Weird. That was not what I expected to see today. Strange. I just think that we should do all cast announcements like this. Like, they they built it up for ages because there was a bunch of negotiations and bullshit, but, like, uh-huh. it's a nice piece of original artwork done by an in-house Marvel artist that tells you a lot about the movie without saying much. And they posted it on Valentine's Day, and it's a cute little family photo. Like, it, it's neat. I think they should go back to the AI. <laughs> I can't even say it. <clears throat> uh, Deadpool and Wolverine trailer was released on the, the big sport ball day. Big sport ball day. Uh, it is hitting theaters July 26th. It looked better than I was expecting it to. Hey, that's a point. I'm still nervous. I personally have continued to say that this is not the route I would have taken to introduce the mutants into the MCU, but I am glad that Marvel finally decided that they're what, what they're doing because they've been waffling about not picking what they're doing, and this is clearly an in. Um, I like the parallels with Loki. I like the TVA ago for retards like us who don't go outside, but like for the normal people, aka the Super Bowl crowd, aka dads. Yep. Who are going to be the primary drivers of this movie's revenue? Yep. I, I think it was a pretty good trailer for that, getting that point across. The visuals look solid. They look, I think, a little better than the previous two movies in terms of like costuming and color and, and such. The TVA is uh, going to be huge for fixing timelines and stuff. Yes, I'm. I'm. I. I like the fact that they're. I, I'm still not super hot on like just bringing over any. <laughs> fucking any Fox characters whatsoever at all, but, like, 
in, in terms of Deadpool making it be like, yeah, yeah, dude, you fuck shit up so much. Like, we're just going to make you fix shit now. <laughs> kind of makes sense. I'm, I, I like that. I like that they gave him the... They put him in the room where he gets to see all the shit. That was funny. Him sucking off Captain America was very funny because that's wicked accurate. <laughs> I'm confused about his waifu being back. Uh, he kept her from dying when he started doing time travel at the end of 2. Did he? Yes. Hmm. I've seen it a couple of times. I don't remember that. Yeah, Strange. it was it was in the montage at the end. Uh, um, a lot of the cast is returning, too, which is, is pretty impressive. You I know, like that. Yeah, I, I agree. I hope that they keep uh, Colossus, especially. Because a lot of a lot of those characters are like not big names nope. so it's good very good yes um it was i was it was surprisingly restrained like i was ex- I, I was expecting it to be some really 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 big fucking oh my god wolverine it's like he's here and he's in the name but also like i don't know it didn't feel like they were relying on that for the marketing and that's what i was getting really nervous about was like it's just going to be a fucking nostalgia thing and it's like the movie kind of seems to be somewhat critiquing the nostalgia stuff. I mean, they are literally fighting in the remnants of the 20th Century Fox logo, which is great. And, like, I don't know. They didn't show Wolverine that much. I do think there's a shot of Patch. Wolverine yeah, yeah, from his yeah. Patch era. I think that's our new guy. Nice. I don't think that's going to be Hugh Jackman. I think that's going to be the new boy. Nice. So, I don't That'll know. be cool. It's nice. Uh, also from Marvel.com, you have Deadpool and Wolverine colon, World War Three sends Wade Wilson and Logan to the ends of the earth. Joe Kelly and Adam Kubert team up to bring their iconic duo to comic pages this May. On writing the upcoming series, Kelly told IGN, there were so many factors that made me say yes to writing this book. Adam Kubert was one, number one. I worked with Adam during... Friggin? I just bumped the fucking bird. Oh, I thought you almost fell. <laughs> no. Uh, Adam Kubert was number one. I worked with Adam during my early Marvel career and have been a fan of his ever since, both as an artist and a human. So working with him again, no-brainer. Yes, please. The second reason was Wolverine, he continued. As much as this is a buddy book, Logan is the entry point to the story, which gave me a chance to explore his his, this character I love. His voice, his perspective on the world, all of it gave me a unique way to approach an epic team-up. And then, big number three, there's the body horror. He added, Deadpool and Wolverine together allow for a bloody playground of a story. A so many circumcisions. A tale of self-examination and introspection, as told through some seriously jaw-dropping nastiness thanks to Adam's deft hands. It's a dark, funny, messy ride I hope everyone enjoys as much as I do. On sale, May the 1st. This makes sense. Of course they're going to make a book that's very similar to a movie that's coming out. Yep. But Adam Kubert's good. And so. it's probably going to be a very different storyline. It's just the two yeah. characters from the movie. So it's just name recognition. That's also good. Yeah. It's not like a movie tie-in or uh, uh, adap- adaption. Yeah. Adaption or adaptation? Adaptation, my brother. How? What is an adaption? It's not a word. Mm. It's always it's always adaptation. Mm. It's cool. I like Adam Kubert's art, so I'm kind of sold. Will you pick it up? Not issue by issue, but unless it gets a really bad reception, I'll probably get the trade. Yeah. Uh, last one from Marvel.com. Marvel Animation releases first trailer for X-Men 97. The X-Men return March 20th on Disney+. Plus. It's 10 episodes, and they are airing weekly, I think, on, like, Friday nights or something. I was really impressed by this. 
I didn't think I was going to be. I thought I was going to hate this, and I liked this more than the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer. Okay. I'm impressed with the the animation. I it I did th- look good. I I thought that they were going to do bad 3D that looks like 2D, but like it is still clearly 3D animation with a lot of shading going on. But it looks really good. It doesn't feel lazy or cheap. It looked um, reminiscent of old cartoons, but had enough visual spiciness to be not painful to watch, I guess, or yeah. it's entertaining to watch. I don't know. It's being made by, um, yep. Them. Them. The, 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 I can't remember the animation studio's name, but they've worked on a lot of really cool stuff recently. So it looks cool. I also like that there's a big time jump that we previously established a couple episodes ago that they're filling with a comic book. I just, it's just a nice way to change up the, what's going on. You know, it's like, yeah, a bunch of shit's happened and we got some new characters. We got some old characters most of the voice cast is back, and also some of the voice casts have been pushed into different roles because their voices have changed, which I just think is funny. Uh, I have not seen a single episode of anything. I've seen a couple of them. I'm actually more familiar with the unaired pilot episode than I am the TV show, but I'm pretty confident I'm going to binge this shit <laughs> so I can watch this show as it comes out. Nice. They should have been releasing it on Saturday mornings, but I'll take, like, Friday nights. It's good enough, you know? Wow. It's, it, it's something. Mm-hmm. From StarWars.com, Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 3 got another trailer. The three-episode premiere uh, was on Wednesday, February 21st, a couple days ago. I have not watched the episodes yet. <gasps> uh, 15 episodes total, which is longer, I think, than the other ones. The guy dies right in the beginning. Shit looked real good, though. Like, holy fuck. Like, this show looked good. On top of Clone Wars Season 7 looking good, and then Season 2 of Bad Batch looked even better. And then this trailer is just like, oh my oh my gosh, I didn't know animation could look this fucking good. And it's the end. I'm happy. I will be watching this shortly. I just need to clear some other stuff off my plate. So, I might binge it when it's all out. And, nope, that's yours. Never mind. Last one. Exclusive from StarWars.com. Marvel's Darth Maul, black, white, and red, is coming April 2024. 25 years on on from his debut in Star Wars, colon, The Phantom Menace, uh, Darth Maul continues to fascinate fans. Whether it's his look, his deadly agility, or evolution into Underworld Mastermind, Maul connects on a number of levels. And of course, there's that lightsaber, still undeniably awesome. So it's little surprise and welcome news, which StarWars.com is excited to reveal that Palpatine's Sith Apprentice will be the focus of Marvel's next gritty black, white, and red tale. Star Wars colon Darth Maul hyphen black, white, and red will be a four-issue miniseries, each installment written and drawn by a different creative team. I actually think this makes more sense than the Darth Vader one. It looks so good, though. The art does look really good. I'm hoping that it's only four creative teams. That would be awesome, for one. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. And the thing is, Darth Maul... It allows for a bigger story. Right. The thing with Darth Maul that I think that this is a good idea to to, to use it is because he randomly pops up in shit, and his story makes sense and is awesome and has some of the best, like, material in Star Wars, but there's huge gaps between appearances where shit rapidly changes. Like, he goes from being... Uh, you know, head boss man of, like, Crimson Dawn or whatever the fuck to, like, a, a beggar in the desert in Rebels, like, fought, like, 
there's so many like hills and valleys that we don't see because there's a lot of like cut content from shows and whatever and i think that this is a really good idea to fill those gaps because he's had two comic book limited series and those were all unused clone war scripts if i remember correctly so like i i think this is a very good idea if i need him to stab somebody with his head horns I think that happened in Clone Wars. I'm pretty sure. I think they just headbutt. I don't think they could. I don't think they could show stabbing. Mm. If anything came out of our mouths that sounded like autistic ranting, and you did not understand what we were saying, there is a script for the news. You can find it every news episode on our Substack. Look for Dime Comic Bros on Substack. You'll find it, and you can download the script for the news that I put in lots of time and effort into. Uh, there's pretty pictures, and there's links to what we're talking about. I'm talking about this because I couldn't decide which cover for Darth Maul, red, black, white, and other things. It was just, it. they look so good. So I included two covers. Of course you did. It's also included on our website at dimecomicbros.com. <gasps> wow. We have a sources page for all of our No, we need sources. the subsect numbers to go up. We need both. <laughs> Give us money! <laughs> uh, both are free. Um, <laughs> uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Jacob. Oh. What did you read this week? Take a wild guess. I mean, I think the book is physically in the room with us, so I think... It is not. It's not? It is not. Interesting. Why? What's up there? Oh. No. I can... Oh, I'm struggling so bad with that one. It's a dense read. Oh, my gosh. Um... Oh, 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 oh. Did you finally finish uh, Secret Wars? I did! Yeah, baby! So... I read Secret Wars, which I wanted to read last week, but it didn't work out. Secret Wars, with the S at the end. 2015. Yes. was written by Jonathan Hickman, with art by Jim Shooter and Asad Ribich. I'm sorry for massacring these names. I think it's Ribich. I've heard it said multiple different ways. There is a funky little whoop over the sea, so I can see it being a ch sound the dude who did all the good thor art oh my gosh the artwork is incredible i still can't believe jim shooter's still doing art he's pretty old um it did mm -hmm. yeah this book oh of course the goodreads description doesn't have it this book takes the one marvel universe yeah that one earth 616 the main Marvel Universe, and it, it, it's it got, like, the ball in the hand, and then in the other hand, there's the ball of Earth-1610, which is the Ultimate Universe, and it takes both hands with both balls and just smashes them together. You mean in reality, it, it scratches two droplets of water off the Ultimate Universe ball and then drops it in the other one, but yes. <laughs> Doom likes playing with balls, we know. Sorry, I lost my spot when I was making the clapping sound. Um, Big blue god balls. So there is an escape raft that a couple of people get away on, and uh, there's a big white flash, and all of a sudden in book two, we're introduced 
to God Emperor Doom. It was really funny because there were like two play on words that were clear Dune, D-U-N-E references like on the same page. And I was like, okay, we get it. You've read Dune. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Dr. Doom is the god emperor of battle world. Then he's taken Mrs. Fantastic as a wife because he's a cuckboy and uh, he rules the world. He's got Doctor Strange as his uh, sheriff in town. And who else was there? There was like, I think there were three under him. It was Mrs. Fantastic and Doctor Doom and somebody else. Just helping him run Battle World and... The Thor Corps. Yeah, that's what it was. The Thor Corps were the policemen's. Uh, they were not actually Thors, but they were Thors. Because there was like a billion Thors. And it's like every dude that becomes a dude and can pick up a Thor hammer becomes Thor. Uh, there were some weird lore changes in Battle World. Um, there was like a zombie land where all kinds of heroes are just shuffling around and killing each other over and over and over again. That was kind of weird and unexplained. Isn't that just the savage land? I don't know. Um, there were 1,529 tie-in issues with all this that I did not bother to read. I just read the, read the main event. The straight 12 issues is just a certified banger. Yep. Um, the the people that made it on the life raft uh, figure out what's going on, and then you've got Thanos and his weird cabinet that are like, no, Doom can't be God Emperor. I'm the God Emperor. I'm gonna do it, and then they all fight. Um. Spider-Man saves the world with a cheeseburger. It's true. A three-week-old cheeseburger. I fucking love that it's so much. been in his pocket. I really like the logistics of how this world operates. It's very bizarre. There was a lot there. A lot of it made sense. A lot of it was like, I could look into that and make it make sense, but I kind of don't care to. I don't know. It looks amazing. I, I it, think it's a really, really, really good, like, Fantastic Four, like, story. They're the, the primary characters. It was fun to have a Fantastic Four event. Yes. Also, I believe this was after Jonathan Hickman had been writing the Fantastic Four for a few years as well, or mm. I think this was his send-off. Interesting. I just really like the end couple of pages when the they, they, they fix the shit yep. by squishing the two balls into one ball, yep. which means pretty much just taking two characters from the Ultimate Universe and fucking over everybody, fucking over everybody else, yep. and then kind of making some lore changes. But like when, when Reed fixes everything, and he, despite the fact that like Doom has done the worst things humanly imaginable and you know conquered the fucking planet and changed everything and stole his wife and kids and shit, and he's... It, Reed still decided to make like the conscious decision to to take away like Victor's scars. Yeah, I I fucking love that page. It's so good, and I think Doctor Doom went on a good kick for a while after that as well. So the white robes, <laughs> just it, the whole run looks so good, so good. Don't point that thing at me. I have to say it was fun it was interesting it definitely took some concentration to read uh because 
like I complained about last week, between issues one and two, it's like, and then 8,000 years later, <laughs> it's like, what? But it backfilled very well. Uh, Doom I mean, just, like, wrote fanfic into reality. True. He just opened his journal up, and then it exploded into creation. He's like... Would you please move? <laughs> He's like... And now Sue is my wife, my and wife. Reed doesn't exist, and he's dead, <laughs> and I have children, and I am God, and I rule everything, and even Doctor Strange is my bitch. It's so funny. Like, just, Doom is such a fucking pompous ass. I read this for free, for free-ish with my Marvel subscription. Free-ish, what does that mean? I mean, I had to pay for the Marvel sub- subscription, but... 60 bucks for a year and I've read all this stuff all the things and I'm still going incredible yep I would buy this as a book you should it's great it's I I still think it's my it's my favorite my favorite Marvel event I would assume cover price is like 20 bucks I think it's 20 or 25 yeah I'd go for 20 yep. that's a good deal yes sir it's 12 issues big boy I yeah Mooched off of you this past week. Whoa. And I read uh, Batman City of Madness. Yeah, you did. Y- yeah, you did. The three-issue Black Label miniseries that came out recently. Uh, written and arted by Christian Ward, where um, you see there's Gotham. <laughs> is there? There's Gotham, right? Yes. And then also... Wait, is this the, the Gotham up above? There's, yes, there's, there's Gotham Gotham, and yeah. then there's What If Gotham Was Upside Down and Spooky. Yeah, um, Gotham below. It's a spiritual sequel and almost kind of close to a literal sequel, but not quite, to A Serious House on Serious Earth. Christian Ward talked a lot about the references that he put into the book. I caught a lot of them because that is my favorite, like, favorite book. Um the b- bad shit starts happening there's an evil batman who starts kidnapping people and like murdering people and shit and batman's like that shit's not good why are all of my my villains with two personalities losing their mind this is suspicious what's going on and then the court of owls is like fuck batman help um, <laughs> witcher me true uh help us fix the thing and then batman has to team up with a talon go into uh gotham but upside down and spooky and then solve solve problems, uh, punch a kaiju, fucking killer croc in the face. Um, plot twist, plot twist, plot twist, plot twist. This is fucking great. Yeah. It's a little, it's a, just a tiny bit more shallow than I was hoping for. Not because it is actually shallow. It's just, it's just, I'm, uh, oh, there's so much, there's so much you could mine this for. And I kind of respect, I respect the restraint of not overdoing it. Like, for three premium size like, prestige issues of 64 pages, there's a lot of shit in here. And there isn't a lot of filler in any way, shape, matter, or form. It's just... I don't know. When it was done, I was pleased. I was happy. I liked most of the twists, for the most part. Especially because a lot of the twists that are unique are self-contained only to this one thing. It's not like, ah, new status quo. This weird thing like this book i think made sense of its own twists and turns and stuff yep um i also just really like whenever a book acknowledges that bruce had to go spend a night in arkham like four or five books have done that in the past couple of years and i think they're all black label books they're like yeah he had a psychotic episode one time oopsie doopsie like as a kid it just i don't know it's a weird thread i'm uh noticing 
Um, the art is fucking astounding. Christian Ward can paint my funeral or something. I don't know. It It's gorgeous. He does weird, like, I don't think they're actually watercolor, but it feels like watercolor with pencils over them. Painting weird nonsense. Oh, it's so fucking good. Um, he didn't do the lettering. I don't remember who did the lettering, but the lettering in this book is also really well done. There's different font styles, colors, and like text box shapes for different characters and like factions, which I think is really cool. Um, I really like the cameo, I guess, of uh, Nightwing and Batgirl in the book. It's brief, but it actually adds to the book. It's not just, ha oh, I remember that character. It's adding to the, uh, the themes and the mythos and the parallels and stuff. Um, spooky Batman Cthulhu book make brain go happy. I borrowed this for free. I am buying the hardcover for the $30.00. I will buy this at least once, but probably more than once, knowing me. Some, they'll release a deluxe edition, I'll probably buy it. This was fucking great. Yep. Again, another Black Label Batman book, but like, god damn it, when they do it, they do it really well. <laughs> they uh, just need to divert the intent. Do a Green Arrow book, please! Something! You just want to see him getting a piece of Black Canary. Tattoo! Wolf! <laughs> I was wrong about Secret Wars. It's nine issues. What? That's it, a weird number. And I gave it four out of five stars. Holy fucking shit, man. Wanna know what else I did? Yeah, what else did you do? I did a thing. You did a thing? Did you do Ugh, stuffing I things? I go through so many apps to fight it out. I'm gonna I watched the third season of True Detective. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, Is that the one where they do the thing <laughs> and they and the stuff happens? You could have said spoilers first. <laughs> Starring Mahershala Ali, Carmen Ijogo, and Stephen Dorff. Uh, some children's go missing uh, back in time. When Mahershala Ali is trim and fit and looking good. And the series, the season, chops up four different timelines, I think. Across all nine episodes. No, seven episodes. No. Wait. Wait, wait. I have to be accurate. Eight episodes. Uh, to tell its narrative. Um... Mahershala Ali is uh, broken up about this case that he never solved and the uh, season portrays how much his fascination with the case basically wrecks his life. Um, he, uh, he... <laughs> I love it when you make funny noises. All of the actors that are relevant in present day, the the last timeline when they're all old, I'm pretty confident is all the actors that look trim and fit and good looking in like the old days. It's really cool. They did a really nice job with makeup, looking, making all the actors look progressively older across these four timelines. Amazing. Um, I love me some old people makeup. 
the actors did an amazing job being young, younger than they actually are <laughs> in some timelines, and then like way, way older than they actually are in the other timelines. Just, I think this is the best season so far. Holy shit, really? I had issues with the first season and the second season. They're both well made, but I had issues with it. This one was really, really good. Interesting. I remember, I haven't seen three, but I remember three being a little contentious. Yeah, not because it didn't like... make you want to eat a gun at the end of it. <laughs> it actually had a happy ending, and we can't have that shit in a true detective show. But what is being a true detective, Jacob? Oh. Um... This one made me feel things, too. <gasps> you can feel things? Sometimes... When it's Mahershala Ali and he's old and he's got the old person syndrome where he forgets where he is sometimes and he shits his pants, it's very sad. That's that is true. Sometimes that does indeed happen to people. Sometimes Colin just does that. <laughs> I think Colin shits his pants intentionally. He's like, I don't feel like going to work. Yeah. I'm not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I watched it for free ish on HBO because I got the freaking HBO membership and that costs something, but. Something, 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 something. Something, something like eight bucks a month or something. Damn, bruh. Yep. How long until you start season four? Which is even more contentious. I'm not sure yet. Because uh, Colin talked about season two a little while ago, right? Shortly before he went on his break. Yes. And he was like. Damn, this show was good, but it makes me want to eat a gun. And uh, he's he's right. Uh, both of the first two seasons have like endings that make you feel yucky inside. Um, but this one didn't, which is cool. But I don't know how long I want to go before I feel yucky inside again. So I think I might give it another little break. I mean, that, that's probably reasonable. But it'd be kind of cool if I could catch up while it's still, like, airing. I think the last episode just came out, like, last week? Ah, fuck it then. Uh, the showrunner and lead writer got renewed, renewed, got rehired for the next season as well. Yeah. Which is cool. Yep. So, which is odd because it's not getting, it's still getting a good reception, but it's, like, way more controversial than the last four. That like, doesn't make sense. So it's interesting. It's like, hey, you, come back and do it again. Yeah. But I'm. A, it looks like they're actually starting to connect some dots between the seasons now. So I really don't understand what the controversy would have been about this season because it. it he's literally detecting like through the whole. Thing. I don't remember this came Get out it. five years ago. The first season was the least bit of detecting. But also, it was the most amount of fucking coochie. Yeah. <laughs> Four out of five stars. <laughs> uh, fucking... There's a lot of that. Woody Harrelson has has the coochie detector on lock. <laughs> he makes me feel good about myself because it's like, look at look at this, this, this schlubby dork and somehow he's got this wife and this side chick and this other side chick and this other side chick and they're all fucking like crazy. It's like, damn, maybe women do find me attractive. And then I go outside, and I remember that it's a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I read another DC Black Label book. Oh, my god! Because, of course, I did. If I can find it. I've read so much shit, man. There it is. I read Swamp Thing Green Hell. 
It's pretty good. <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about this one. Not because it's bad, but just because I purely don't have a lot to talk about. Uh, it was written by Jeff Lemire with art by Doug Mank or Monk. Um, it's a three-issue prestige format Black Label series. Um, it is simultaneously the quintessential Swamp Thing story where he's like, I'm going to get disconnected from the green because I'm going to save humanity because everything sucks and I'm going to be the good guy, which is like the thing that happens in every Swamp Thing story. But it's not the quintessential version of it because like I've there are versions of it that are better. Which is just kind of disappointing. It's a bit more violent than it than Swamp Thing typically is. Swamp Thing books get away with a lot of violence because they're usually like, ah, they're plant people. Their blood is purple. Um, but they're usually pretty body horror heavy and pretty gore heavy. And this one was as well. Um, he shoves his vines up everybody's holes. Nose holes, ear holes, buttholes. It is true. There's a lot. There is definitely more violence in this book, which was good. Um, it was good. It was well done. The art is, is really good. Doug Mank or Monk is a really good illustrator. Um, he also does like dorky like comic animations. He like makes music videos for what if Joker went to the gym or whatever. It's really weird shit, but it's pretty funny, and it shows an impressive amount of like talent and like like time management to be able to do comics full time. And then like I'm gonna randomly put together animated shorts that look amazing for fun. Like it's just weird. Um, yeah, it follows a. A dad and his daughter, I think, and they've got to survive the the fucking apocalypse. All the the black and the green and the red are all fucking mad at each other, and they're all gonna fuck the planet because they're all ready to just reset and start over again. Because this happens every Swamp Thing story. Um, yeah, there just isn't much to it, which is lame. Um, Constantine is in here, because of course he is! Because mm -hmm. uh, he's great, and he's Swamp Thing's bestie, and that was done well. Um, he looks like shit, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is really cool. Um, he was, his inclusion was definitely definitely necessary, but it didn't feel over, uh, like he overstayed his welcome. Um, he also doesn't end up helping much. Like, they fuck, they, they fuck shit up in this book. Like, shit gets bad, which is cool. Um, it ends on a... On one of those every Swamp Thing stories got to end with like yes humanity will eventually survive and adapt endings which is why I like Swamp Thing it's just like for this book being hyped so much and then being delayed so many gajigabillion times like I think the first issue came out in 2021 yep maybe 22 and then a year and a half later we this, got issue two. two and then the third one was I think like six months after that so yeah. like it just it took forever and then the uh, collected edition got delayed as well because DC changed uh, like a printing house or something. Hmm. It's just whack. Um, it's good. It's good. It's a fun read. I think it's an easy one to get into if you're not like into the character. Like it's a good introduction. It gives you a pretty good rundown of how the world building and mythology works. The characters are pretty straightforward and simple. The art's good. It's just, I just don't really want to reread it that much. I gave it a four out of five because I feel like, uh, like a three out of five feels wrong. That's like, it's like mid but good, right. like good mid, yep. you know, or like has like serious problems. And like there are no serious problems. It's just kind of shallow and it a little flat. Yeah, it just I'm not really attached to the characters very much. They're not bad. They're just kind of there. The art definitely holds it together a lot. The covers oh, are yeah. fucking awesome. Uh, there's one in particular of like a giant swamp thing head in a swamp. It's I think at a what is that Apocalypse Now reference or whatever the fuck. It looks great. Some really cool alt covers. It's just... Mer. Uh, I bought the hardcover for 30 bucks. It's a bit steep for that. 
most of the black label books are worth the thirty dollar price, the thirty or forty dollar price tag for like the the math makes sense. It's just this one is also the cheaper like cover quality uh-huh. and has the, the the boring like regular glossy sleeve you'd expect on just like a regular hardcover, uh-huh. which for the prestige big format mega sexy book is kind of lame. Um, which just it makes it feel kind of cheaper. Like, um. I'm assuming City of Madness will have a very similar setup to um, Aquaman Andromeda. I like that texture and, like, book thickness. Um, Harleen is great. I love that weird plastic cover. The plastic cover cracks when it gets cold, which is lame, but, like, I do like the duology of it, which is neat. Uh, Batman Damned has a really weird, like, wax paper cover. Like, I, I like when they're unique. And this one is like I don't know. There's a you could have done something with it. It just feels like it was printed like any other regular like DC hardcover. It just happens to be bigger. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, if you like Swamp Thing, get it. It's worth reading. Um, if you're trying to get somebody into Swamp Thing, it's probably a good way to get them on board uh, without like getting them super invested because. And it doesn't include, like, the city gods and the metal gods and the the computer god. You know, every run's got their own weird shit going on. So, like, it's pretty straightforward. But I just... Walk, don't run to, is, to your local comic book shop. Is that... How does this stack up to the Ram V? Oh, Ram V. As, Ram V's run is Let me finish! <clears throat> as a good starting point. I don't know, because... Ram V's, uh, what was that, 18 issues, I think? I think so. Something like that. Um, the most recent The Swamp Thing run was fucking awesome. And it was very new reader friendly, but it also had a really deep understanding of the mythology, and uh-huh. it used it really well without retconning very much or trying to change stuff. It just kind of took what already existed as is, and just, if Ram V didn't like that, he just wouldn't use it uh-huh. instead of like acting like it never happened. The new character, whose name I still don't remember because of that, that's really bad, but the new character that they're using is fucking awesome. He's arguably has as much personality as Alec Holland did, but in, like, way less time. Uh-huh. Like, they imbue him with so much character and personality. It's done really well. The art's fucking insane. Uh-huh. Mike Perkins can illustrate my funeral. Um, Those books are so heavy because there's so much ink on the page. Yeah, paper. physically. <laughs> um, they're just normal paperbacks. I don't know. It's hard. Like, I would say Green Hell is def... Wait. Yeah, Green Hell, I think, would probably be an easier inroad than the than the Swamp Thing. But I think if you are a person who reads comics and you're interested in... Like, if you just... If you read, like, I don't know, DC books mm-hmm. normally. Like, you read some Batman books, you read some Wonder Woman books, you read some Flash. I feel like The Swamp Thing by Ram V is a better on-road because it does use the world well but not too much there are cameos there are other events going on but they're very background i feel like it's a lot of it's a lot more investment to be like hey so you either need to read like to a new person you either need to read six issues 12 issues or 18 issues to get like a complete story that's like that's i think that's a reasonable amount of issues like i'm fine with that but that's because i'm used to it but if it's a new like a new like they don't read comics Mm. green hell is only like 120 pages so Okay. You know. But also when the tentacle go, when the divine tentacle go, you know. I don't have a third. I don't either. Whoa. Well, I mean, I do, but like, I'm just, 
I'm, I, I, my, my, my list has turned into twos. I had originally started scheduling threes, and then I realized that that was probably not going to happen that consistently, so I went back to twos. We should wrap it up anyway, because we have another show. Yes. To record. <sighs> we're working, we're working double duty today. Double, I love duty. I know you do. Uh, as I was saying, walk, don't run to your local comic book shop. Our local comic book shop, Jetpack Comics and Games in downtown Rochester, New Hampshire, sells books. I buy a lot of my shit there. Uh, you should buy a lot of your shit there. Uh-huh. You should talk to the people. They're uh-huh. good people. They're uh-huh. fun people. They are very knowledgeable and helpful peoples. Uh, free comic book day is coming up the first Saturday in May. Yep. Uh, this is the last year that a large town-wide festival will be hosted by Jetpack Comics and Games in downtown Rochester, New Hampshire. Uh, we will be there. We will have a table. Colin will be there as well. He will have a separate table next to our table. Yep. Um, Lots of tables. We're gonna oh. be tabling everywhere. Wait, yeah, we're gonna come in and just like Madam Web all over the place. We got. We're gonna have some some posters, some stickers, the whole nine yards. Uh, so come visit us. It'll be great. Stop by, say hi. Say hello. Get an awkward photo. We're doing cosplay, so come get an awkward photo. Probably. I'm man. I, I'm gonna keep saying it because if I say it every week, we have to do it, or I'm gonna kill myself because I will be letting down the two people who care. I will be a liar. Yes. I am. I am. I will give up, but I am not a liar. That's why I keep adding the probably, so that <sighs> I'm not held to your shame. I'm gonna fucking put the one woman bracelets on you and fucking tie you up with the lasso of truth. Speaking of our two listeners, thank you to Jeff Lawrence and Caitlin for going to Patreon.com forward slash Dive Comic Pros Network and signing up under one of the four tiers they found there. The money. They give us money, and we appreciate it. They get all kinds of cool rewards for their money, extra things that normal pleb-free listeners don't get. If you don't want to be a normal, boring, pleb-free listener, please go to Patreon. Yes. Give us the money, and we give you more content. I realized that it's been a long, long time, like more than a year, since we said, please Email us at dimecomicbros at gmail.com. We have forgotten to say we have an email address. We do have an email address. And want, we have a website. If you want to talk to us. Like a not, fucking weirdo. And not actually like DM our personal accounts. That'd be really cool. Just email us. It'd be sweet. We so was, that, was, was there an incident recently where someone DM'd your personal account? Is no, that, I was it? listening to another podcast that's way more professional than us. And I was like, oh yeah, we do that thing too. We have an email like boomers. We do. Yeah. It's uh, great. Yes. Dimecomicbros at gmail.com. Yep. We also have a website. Yep. Uh, Dimecomicbros. Dime. Wait. Dimecomicbrosnetwork.com? I don't know. Pretty sure it's Dimecomicnetwork. Dimecomicbrosnetwork.com. I own the URL. I should remember it. It's under my name. Uh, we have a bunch of cool art stuff up there, just like displaying some of Colin's work for us, as well as all of our news sources and stuff. And links to all of our stuff and things. Links also to speak- stuff like Colin's new book and me streaming video games very infrequently. It's true. Um, if you want to watch Jacob play a, a game poorly and swear yep. a lot, yep. uh, in the middle... No. Eh. I say cock a lot. I don't even know if that's like against Twitch's no, it's no, it's not terms of service. No, but... it's not. Twitch is the wild west now, man. They're, yeah, it they're, it's gotten wild. You're fine. Um, I've thought about getting a camera so I can do the topless streaming. Yeah, that. let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, go follow Jacob on Twitch. It's linked in the description. Uh, if he randomly pops on a stream at two a.m., 
It happens. To drink the Amogus potion from the dark web at 3 a.m. Happens a lot. Uh, it does. Uh, go do that. It'd be fun. I'm sure he'd appreciate the attention. I'm not up at that time, is what I tell myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, and also Colin uh, finished his uh, comic that he's been working on. And he will be returning to the show shortly-ish. A couple weeks. Like a month. Somewhere in there. Uh, we have all of his stuff linked in the description. Go to Patreon. The comic is available in PDF form. Paper copies are coming soon. Support him and his wonderful, wonderful work. He did good job. Also, our names are in the book, and that's cool. Next week is Guardians of the Galaxy? Next week, there's no DCB episode. Oh, right. But next DCB episode is Guardians of the Galaxy by Gary or Jerry Duggan Omnibus. Yep. The whole kit and caboodle. Which is like 18 issues. (laughs) Yeah. Tune in then. But next week, there will be uh, DG, a DGB episode at yes. the same time. Right. Which we're going to record in like five minutes. Right now. Woo!